Welcome back to the Injury Prone Fantasy Football Podcast, the highest rated podcast centered around fantasy football and injuries hosted by the son of Mexican immigrants who happens to be a physical therapist, number one on the charts, baby. Number one on the charts and number one in your hearts. Today we get into it a little bit with Mike Wright. Had some audio technical difficulties again. My browser tends to do that from time to time, trying to fix it up so my audio doesn't sound fantastic. Forgive me for that. But before that, I do want to get into a claim that I've made about Dalvin Cook that most people have asked me about, and I wanted to clarify a little bit about Dalvin Cook's history. I'm not doing a lot of profiles this year at FantasyPoints.com just because I don't have the time. Uh, they've been very understanding with me, so they've been great, fantastic. I'm trying to put out the big pieces. I'm going to try to, to finish up tight end injury tiers. I've got wide receiver and running back injury tiers already posted over at FantasyPoints.com. So I'm going to do a lot of my profiles basically verbally because it's a lot easier than writing and publishing them. Essentially, what you need to know about Dalvin Cook and his injury history is that it's significant, right? I know that sounds obvious, maybe not so obvious. It's not because of the often cited he had a hamstring injury and then he had an ACL. Then, of course, he had the groin strain last year. Those aren't really the issues that I'm talking about. Do they matter? Yes. Are they relevant? Absolutely. What I'm the most concerned about are these shoulder dislocations that he's had. Now, these reports are they get a little dicey simply because you are talking about injuries that happened while he was in high school. We're talking 2014 and then 2016 when he was at Florida State uh, and then 2019. Based on what I could find and based on what I was able to scour the internet for, it sounds as though Dalvin Cook dislocated his right shoulder in spring of 2014. Then in spring of 2016, he also dislocated the right shoulder. After that, we, don't, we know for a fact he did have surgery to stabilize that shoulder. So then you turn around and you look at fall of 2019, right before the fantasy playoffs, he dislocated the left shoulder. That is what we're dealing with when it comes to Dalvin Cook's injury risk. So I'll talk about it from a, a big, big macro level, and then I'll zoom in to the specifics. Dalvin Cook is good at football. Breaking news. He has quite literally RB1 upside above CMC. He does. That is within his range of outcomes. That's not to say it'll happen, but I think we can all agree. Dalvin Cook with the touchdowns, the opportunities, the receiving. I know it's not the best, the most receiving work, but he does get receiving work. All of it in a nutshell. Dalvin Cook could finish as the RB1. It is not out of the realm of possibilities. So I do want to hammer that home. What I'm not saying is don't draft Dalvin Cook. What I am not saying is that Dalvin Cook is going to re-injure or re-dislocate his shoulder. What I am saying is that Dalvin Cook is not injury risk-free. We say that about every player. Of course we do. But specifically when it comes to Dalvin Cook, his specific pattern of injuries makes him a moderate to high risk. I'm not just saying that clinically. I have data. There's data and evidence to show that this matters. For example, a study done by Leckler and colleagues in 2013, this study was done from 1980 to 2008, and they saw 328 players in this study. What they found was that NCAA players, NCAA athletes, football players, who had an instability event, essentially a subluxation or dislocation, in college, had a recurrence, if they did not have surgery, 41.7% of the time, and that was typically within five months. If they did have surgery, there was only about a 10.5% recurrence rate, and they actually took up to 26 months for it to happen. So that's one study. That is college going to the NFL. So what we've already found with Dalvin Cook is that he's in the NFL, right? So well, how, does, how does this study matter? Well, it matters because it still shows a high rate of recurrence if you don't have surgery. And we know for a fact Dalvin Cook did not have surgery after the 2019 season. At least we presume that. Okay, if you don't want to believe that study, that's fine. There's another study by Okahara and, and colleagues that was published in 2018. 
This was in 83 NFL players who sustained an in-season shoulder instability event, so subluxation or dislocation. Regardless of if they had surgery to stabilize a shoulder or not, 47% of them had a recurrence. They had another dislocation. For those who had a surgical repair, the rate was much lower of a recurrence, 26%. If they didn't have surgery, there was typically a 55% recurrence. So basically what these two studies are telling you is that if you have a dislocation, you tend to dislocate again, regardless if you have surgery or not. The more frequently you're exposed to having contact, the more likely you are to re-dislocate again. This is not a prediction that Dalvin Cook will re-dislocate the shoulder. However, moving forward into 2021, his exposures will increase. The fact that he is further away from the event helps only so much. So just because he made it through 2020, unlike many other injuries, just because he made it through 2020 does not mean that he is in the clear for 2021. I say all of this because I think it's important to understand that he is not without risk. He does not come without risk. If you are fading Saquon Barkley, if you are fading Antonio Gibson, for example, if you're fading anybody because of an injury history and you are completely ignoring Dalvin Cook's injury history, then you're doing this wrong. Okay, you're simply doing this wrong. And that's not an indictment on you because it's my job to help. But the moral of the story is that Dalvin Cook is a really good player who's had several, at this point, dislocations of the shoulder. It is a pattern at this point, and it should be taken into account. There's a high, high, high recurrence rate for these injuries. Non-professional athletes, there's a high recurrence for these. These are nasty injuries. Stabilization does help, but at this point, we know that he hasn't had them. So even though he has RB1 overall upside, even though his opportunity is there, even though he has the ability to finish as the RB1, we know for a fact he does not come without risk. He actually comes with more risk than many other running backs, most other running backs. In fact, he is the highest risk running back in the that top tier. So I'm not saying fade Dalvin Cook, right? So I don't want you to walk away thinking that I'm saying fade Dalvin Cook. What I'm saying is that if you have exposures, if you think of it in terms of exposures, if you do 10 drafts, if I have 10 drafts where I have the 1.02, I am not drafting Dalvin Cook 10 out of 10 times. Instead, I'm drafting Dalvin Cook 6 out of 10 times, 7 out of 10 times. I cannot sit here and tell you in good faith to completely fade Dalvin Cook. What I can tell you is that if you have one draft, all the shekels, all the money, your house, your down payment on a car, if you have one fantasy football draft and you are at the 1.02, I would highly, highly, highly recommend reconsidering Dalvin Cook. That is what I'm saying. If you have 10, 20, 30 drafts, a lot of you do, okay, sprinkle them in, definitely. Just don't walk away this summer with the idea that because he hasn't had another instability instability event, that it cannot happen again because it can happen again. If you have any questions, hit me up on Twitter at FBInjuryDoc. Now we're going to get into the interview with Mike Wright where he goes through this fake ADP. I appreciate Mike a lot because he was placating me. I didn't realize that the ADP was from March. You're going to hear me and realize that in the moment. But I, I know you still get a ton of great information from Mike. You get to pick his brain and get to understand how he's drafting in a 12-team PPR, non-superflex, non-tight end premium league. So, without further ado, here he is. All right, we're going to jump right into it with the guest of honor, or perhaps the guest of dishonor. His name is one of household, you know, everybody knows him uh, as the fantasy hitman. He is a part of the greatly, highly esteemed fantasy footballers at thefantasyfootballers.com. Make sure you check out their ultimate draft kit where you can find all of his hashtag takes. He is Mike Wright at FFHitman on the Twitters. He was telling me how attractive he was before we hit record. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for taking the time. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Still attractive. <laughs> I mean, we've got the video feed up. I can see myself, so I, we're. It's a good day. Okay. Well, that's a very good way to look at the very good, very good way to wake up in the morning and take a look in the mirror, right? 
especially if you're as yeah. attractive as Mike Ryder. That, oh, that beard is yeah. glorious. I'll tell you that. The beard is oh, glorious. I appreciate that. Thank you. So we have this amazing background at, you know, that you're currently sitting at. I can see the Foot Clan. I can see the footballs. Man, this is like this is like a like a paradise, right? You went you went full man cave. You guys went man cave, but you went to like man house, like man studio. What yeah, do you call it? we kind of got a little bit of a, a the set has a a bit of a basement vibe, you know, like super realistic looking brick wallpaper, real <laughs> some wood wallpaper. <laughs> <laughs> and then just a whole bunch of trinkets and stuff of uh, of football and pop culture that we like. So I would be remiss if I didn't, before we got started, tell you how impressed I am by you guys. I've followed you for a few years, so well, it's kind you. of cool to be talking to you live now. Uh, listen to your I hear that pods. a lot. I hear yeah, that a lot. yeah. So it's cool to be talking to you. <laughs> the other thing I'll say is the way that you guys are so down to earth and yet also so talented. I feel like when people say they're just a bunch of guys talking football, they're friends. I feel like that dismisses how good you are at this. Like you guys are really good. <laughs> you consistently, uh, you consistently rank highly in the fantasy pros contest. You consistently have helped me win a few fantasy championships. So I don't like to say they're just a bunch of dudes hanging out because you guys are clearly more than a bunch of dudes hanging out. Right. Oh, well, I appreciate that. But we work very, very hard to appear like we are just three dudes talking about <laughs> football. So I, I do. I take that as a compliment. I mean, I know that some – it could be – it can be a compliment or it can be a weaponized uh, remark, but I take it as a as a compliment that we're achieving our goal. Exactly. You're hitting your, your brand. You're hitting your market. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Enough of that. Just needed to let you know how much I appreciate you and how I'm not mad at you for skipping out on the injury-prone invitational. Needed to say that one more time on air. Uh, you no. won't be the last league that I turned down. <laughs> wasn't the first won't be the last all right so for the audience here's what we're going to do today we're going to be quick hitting i want to get everything that mike wright has in that brain in terms of a when he's drafting so what we're going to do is we're going to pretend this is essentially a slow draft and i'm going to take mike through a 12 team ppr non-super flex non-tight end premium three wide receiver two running back league we're going to go from this ftn fantasy data or the adp data um, and we're basically going to say, Mike, for example, he's going to draft from, let's say, the eight, the eight hole. Let's use eight hole. I know I said seven, let's do eight. eight. Wait, did you just call me an eight hole? I did not call you an eight hole. I said you will be drafting from the eight hole, although. Oh, my, my mistake. <laughs> although, if you'd like to be called that, I can. I can, I can call you. This is, this is not necessarily a family-friendly show. By the way, are, would you consider your guys' podcast family-friendly? Yes. Okay. This is not a family-friendly yeah. podcast, so I'm glad uh, that, that we have somebody to clean it up here. <laughs> no, hey, you do you, man. No, it's okay. I try to be as family-friendly as possible. We're not dropping that bombs or anything. So, no, you you are not an eight. You are not. Maybe you are an eight. I don't know. I don't know you that well, Mike. Maybe you are an eight hole, but you'll be drafting from the eight hole. So right. basically, what we'll say is, all right. For example, we are here at the eight spot. Let's just get started. I'm going to say Mike Wright, fantasy hitman, fantasy footballer extraordinaire, amazing, good-looking beard. Oh, yes, please. Per this FTNFantasy.com ADP data, we are being told that Devontae Adams should be your eighth pick. Travis Kelsey, Jonathan Taylor, Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, and Christian McCaffrey are off the board. Mike, are you going Devontae Adams, or where else are you going? No, this pick is extremely easy. If you're telling me that, that Travis Kelsey is off the board, then this pick is is so easy. It's Ezekiel Elliott, the... Zeke is a victim of circumstance of that. I mean, he's at, whoa, I cut out there for a second. That's okay. But I'm, I'm back. Uh, he still finished as the running back 11 in 
what was a putrid situation. Absolutely. I mean, you you had backup to the backup quarterback play throughout the season. You had offensive line injuries. But look at what he did in the first five weeks, running back three, nine, 16, 13, two. Like, Zeke still has it. And, I mean, he he finished the season off strong after returning from that one game that he missed. And I think people are just – we're name fatigued with Zeke, and you're you, – you're taking that that fatigue and the excuse or the and last year's results as uh, like an excuse of I'm not going to draft Zeke this year, and I think that's foolish. And not just the you don't want to read too much into it, but he looks very in shape. Best I mean, shape you pull of up that life, yeah, I know that's the the narrative, but he looked fantastic. He does on, look. He's looking slim. Yeah, and on, uh, in a good way. On, on hard way. knocks. Yeah, he yeah. he looks like he has made sure that his cardio was going to be up to speed this year, especially compared to last year. And that he's, he's a true workhorse running back. And if you're getting him at the end of the first, that's ridiculous. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think that we are getting name fatigue with Ezekiel Elliott. And I think you bring up a lot of good points. That was literally a putrid situation. Half of his offensive line was gone. He had mm-hmm. a calf strain because of workload issues. He had COVID. We don't know if he was symptomatic or not. Uh, we never really understood. I thought that tweet was funny last year when he came out and said, uh, HIPAA. Uh, that was before, you know, everything was a HIPAA violation, right? When I got you yeah. on here, Mike, that was a, asking you to come on this podcast oh. was a HIPAA violation. <laughs> yes, it was. So, people, people need to look up what HIPAA is. <laughs> I, I think so. I agree. But no, I think you made great, great points on Zeke. And, and what I was going to say about the COVID related issues, we don't know if he was symp- symptomatic or not, but we do know that Miles Garrett was having a ton of issues weeks after he had COVID. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a very, very realistic possibility that Zeke was, you know, potentially also dealing with some, you know, a lot of shortness of breath. Maybe that's why he did try to get his cardio back. We don't, we don't know. There are a lot of factors that we know about Zeke. However, that's just something on top that we didn't know. And I 100% agree that this is going to be uh, about, I don't, I don't even want to call it a bounce back. I think this is just going to be him regressing back to his mean. So I, I like that pick a lot. I like that pick a lot. I am a little surprised that Saquon is number four on this list, by the way. I needed to mention that. He's four by ADP, according to <laughs> is it your Your power in the industry, man. You won't <laughs> you won't shut up about Saquon <laughs> Barkley. You're probably trying to – you probably muted me at this point, Mike. I, I know. I know. I can see it in your eyes. That's okay. That's okay. I, I, I have been loud on the Saquon Barkley train. Alas, a topic for, for another – just just take a stroll down my timeline and I'm sure you'll, you'll see it. All right, so you took Ezekiel Elliott with your first pick. Bumping down after that, you have at the – I think this would be the 209 I'm or relying on you for this man. Yes, so. I got it. Don't worry. So Darren Waller is what the, the industry – that what this ADP is telling you to take. Darren Waller is available – Swift is off the board. Gibson, Kittle, Hopkins, Eckler, Diggs, Akers, Jones, Elliott, Chubb, Hill are all off the board. Are you taking Darren Waller? So this one is a little bit difficult. In uh, the, the choice for me would be Darren Waller or Calvin Ridley. I have Calvin Ridley as like a lot of people do. I don't think I'm, you know, breaking news for people, but Calvin Ridley is my fourth ranked wide receiver. His chance at finishing overall number one is is within a, a realistic projection. It's within his, what he could do this year. He's he, he's an elite route runner. He's with a with Matt Ryan, who is the king of yardage. Calvin Ridley does not have these bizarre touchdown woes that his elite former elite uh, teammate Julio Jones has. 
Calvin Ridley has everything you want in a fantasy wide receiver. So if I was grabbing a wide receiver, it would be him. But the advantage of having that elite tight end and Darren Waller is for your team building composition is, is I'm, I'm all in on it. You know, th- this year where let, that's why I was even at the back of the first, I was saying it was easy because Travis Kelsey wasn't there. Now, if, if it had been reversed and like Zeke was off the board and it was Kelsey, Nick Chubb, uh, you know, those kind those guys, like then I probably would have taken Travis Kelsey in the back of the first, I want that elite tight end. So I'll, I'll stick with that. And unfortunately I will bypass Calvin Ridley here just to lock that up. But, because I'm trusting the Raiders, which <laughs> that's its own set of issues <laughs> that I'm I'm choosing to to believe the Raiders. But they're saying his injury stuff is not a big deal. You know what? I, I'm not too concerned about uh, Calvin Ridley from a big picture perspective. The surgery wasn't that serious of an issue where I would be worried is something. And this is, again, another topic for another day. The fact that Amari Cooper, for example, had a very minor prestige, relatively speaking, in January and just came off the pup, what was it, last week, a couple weeks ago, that is something that's a little concerning. But Calvin Ridley having a minor procedure, staying off the ankle, non-weight bearing, then I don't don't foresee any issues. I really like that pick, and I'm actually really surprised per this FTN data that Calvin Ridley is actually sitting at an ADP of 24.2. Is that, so you're you're telling me that's too low? Oh, that's way too low. That's, for me, that's way too low. And, I I mean, I don't don't know how up-to-date this particular... Uh, data is or not? Well, I mean, but at any point, should he have ever been that low? No, not. I guess to me. this is March twenty fourth. So, I mean, you're you're we're we're basically operating. So, I'm a bad host, and I I sent Mike a leak that doesn't work. <laughs> so, this is a very mediocre podcast. So, we're going off of uh, ADP data that is essentially from March. But this is still you still get his takes. You still get his hashtag takes. Yes. And this is this. Oh, this they're is, even better. They're if even I'm, better. If I'm dealing with data from March, and I have, <laughs> you refined them. I have hindsight in. The- <laughs> This All is right. great. This is amazing. Okay. So after so you're going uh you're going Calvin Ridley. So you got Zeke, mm-hmm. you got Calvin Ridley. Now you didn't take Waller. After that, Justin Jefferson. No, no, I took Waller. I took Waller. Oh, you did take Waller. You did take Waller. Yes. Sorry, apologies. So Zeke, Waller. Then after the Waller pick, Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown, JK Dobbins, Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf, Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders, James Robinson, CEH, and surprisingly, this was in March again, Michael Thomas. Keenan Allen, and here the March data tells you you should have taken Najee Harris. Are you taking Najee Harris? Uh, I would if he was there, one hundred percent. And now I'll I'll try to be a little more lenient. Of I think Najee Harris has kind of jumped into the back of the second round. You know, like the back or the middle mm-hmm. of it. So mm-hmm. I'll try and be and give like not just hot takes, but some advice. If Najee Harris is there in the third, yeah, that's that is me sprinting Steel. to the podium. Saying uh, yes, I will take Najee Harris, but I'm, instead, I will flip flop that with the player who I believe can be there, and that's Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the the Kansas City running back. I think that the the pendulum has swung too far on on Clyde. Before his injury last year, he was performing as a top twelve running back. His volume was it was far greater than you realize. He had eleven hundred yards from scrimmage. the The amount of running backs I can't remember the the stat off the top of my head, but it's essentially like 180 carries and 50 targets or something. It's a very elite group of running backs who, who did that as a rookie. And he disappointed, not, not fantasy wise. He disappointed expectation wise. And 
I guilty as charged. I was one of those in saying I'm taking Clyde in the second half of the first round. You you go ahead and lock that in. And so he didn't pay off for that, but he was still he was still helping your team. And I I believe that he will as a second year player will trust him even more. Yes, Daryl Williams and Jarek McKinnon will get more work than you'd prefer to see. But that's just that's just the name of the game at this point. Not everyone gets Zeke levels of work. Not not everyone gets Christian not McCaffrey. Not even Mike Wright. Work. Mike Wright doesn't even get. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm working nonstop over here. Man. I haven't <laughs> slept in three months. Exactly. But Clyde in, Clyde in the third round is somebody that I'm targeting everywhere. He's the he's kind of the one running back that makes me consider uh, if I had gone RB RB, mm-hmm. I'm willing to take Clyde and and just show the world my levels of high testosterone and start there with the go. triple. Oh one. yeah. Oh yeah. Denny Carter would be not proud of you. Oh and, I, yeah. He's, well, he's, he's quaking in his boots. He is. And for the record, since we are going off that, that fake March ADP, essentially Najee Harris is going around 14, according to fantasy data.com. Now, what do you think of that? Now, now juxtapo- juxtaposed to that. What do you think of that? Uh, I'm, whew, that's pretty high, but I'm probably still, taking him there like the the only way to me that Najee Harris disappoints is if he gets hurt and that's you can you classify every single NFL player if they get hurt they have disappointed you so if if everyone could disappoint that way that means you remove that variable Najee Harris is going to touch the football 300 plus times and so he will even if he's not the player we thought he was even if he's not the player that Pittsburgh thought he was when they drafted him in the first round he'll still end up as a top 12 fantasy running back absolutely i think that's good that's a good way to uh, put a bow on that one so again with this fake adp yeah after, after this you have josh jacobs Mari cooper alan robinson terry mclaurin david montgomery patrick mahomes travis etienne cd lamb dj moore mike evans adam thielen and the field tells you to take julio jones with your fourth Ooh. pick are you taking julio jones with your fourth pick he, man, Julio was, he is so difficult for me. I've, we just did our wide receiver rankings shows, uh, on the footballers and like the other guys have him ranked much higher than I do. And I just, I don't know what to believe. I don't know what to believe about him. Not that I think he still has the ability to be an elite level number one. And it's not that he hasn't played alongside great players like Calvin Ridley. I just, you know, performed a lullaby of, of love for Calvin yes. Ridley on this podcast. Lullaby. Interesting. Are you putting him to sleep or are you serenading him? I'm, I'm serenading Maybe him. both. Yeah, that's a little bit whatever. <laughs> but he, Julio was already the guy. This is a much different situation where you are going to someone else's. You're going to your neighbor's house and trying to tell them that, no, I'm the number one. And they're like, yeah, but this is our house. So you are, in fact, not the number one here. A.J. Brown is that guy. Then you combine that with at least what we've seen the last two years from Ryan Tannehill, which is incredible efficiency, but very low passing volume. Absolutely. And can can Ryan Tannehill be that efficient with both AJ Brown and Julio Jones? I I just don't know. And I've found myself, you know, not drafting Julio. I'm taking other players where I'm more confident of their of their volume and their opportunity. Like looking at this list here. Uh, I know we're in the f- so fourth round of fake ADP. Yes, fake ADP. Like, like Deontay Johnson is there. 
Deontay Johnson is going to see 150 plus targets. Like lock that in. Then you yeah. have his teammate Chase Claypool, who I am extremely high on. Like I love Chase Claypool. I think that he he's he's one of my breakout superstar picks for this season. So I'm taking those guys over Julio, and that feels that feels like at the end of the season that might be one of the stupider things I've said all year long. <laughs> tell me, tell me Claypool versus Deontay. I have Claypool higher. How? Much like, higher? I, I think that, that Deontay is the much safer pick. Mm. Uh, but like looking at what Claypool was able to do his rookie year, that is, you know, the, the 10 plus total touchdowns. That's like six wide receivers have done that their rookie year since the year 2000. Uh, his, it's crazy how much he aligns. And I know other people have said this, but I'm just jumping in with them. It's crazy how much the 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 the, the parallels that you can draw between DK Metcalf and Chase Claypool, both gigantic human beings, yes, both elite level wide receivers, both of them highly questioned coming into the NFL draft. Is DK Metcalf just can all he do is run a nine route? Chase Claypool, he should play tight end. Like, he shouldn't even be a wide receiver. And then, boom, both are drafted in the second round to perfect situations for their skill sets. And they look at their end-of-season production as a rookie. I mean, the yardage and reception's very comparable for the two. So I think that Claypool is – he is primed for a – to be, uh, you know, besides CeeDee Lamb, of course, which everybody's on that. But Claypool is primed to be – the second year breakout wide receiver of the year. So it's safe to say with this fake ADP data, Claypool is your man in the fourth. Sure. Okay. So <laughs> for the ADP, for those wondering where Claypool is going these days, he is going according to. I'm interested because yeah, I, I only, I go off of like sleeper ADP, you know, like in Arizona, we're going to be able to play next year, but we can't underdog right now. So I don't, I'm, I'm not even, happening on what they're doing on ADP. ADP according for Chase Claypool according to fantasydata.com is he is the overall 70. Going oh, 70. That's I mean that's sensational. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So I don't have to take him can I take him there instead of then in the fourth? Yeah, I would that's you're more than happy to do this is a fake ADP anyway. All right, so we're going to delay go, that take, chase. So so who are you going here in the fourth according to this fake ADP? Uh, according to this fake ADP <laughs> I would probably be looking at uh, Chris Godwin or Robert Woods. Tell me that. Tell, tell me. Tell me. Pick one, and then tell me why. So please, I'll be polite. I apologize. <laughs> uh, let's just. I mean, we're just spitballing here. Uh, but Chris Godwin, eh, we forget. You know, just two years ago, he was the number two overall fantasy wide receiver. And he had like mentally, he had leapfrogged Mike Evans in terms of the pecking order. He had a, the injury problems. I mean, he had a, it was, he had a busted finger and then yeah. he played with like pins in his finger. And it, and now he has Tom Brady. Like, and you saw that you saw the second half of the season, Tom Brady, really settling into this Bruce Arians system where he turned it on and I, I can't remember the touchdown total for Tom Brady but it was you know 40 plus yeah. touchdowns like he was fantastic and well I don't think that I don't think any of the guys from Tampa can hit top five because they're going to cannibalize each other 
but Chris Godwin was still a top tier wide receiver in playing with a Hall of Fame quarterback. So he's, I guess, so that would make him my wide receiver one. Don't love that. Don't love him as my one. Don't but love I, that. But but I gotta but I uh, but I gotta make a decision here. I have to take someone as wide receiver one, and I've already bypassed all the top level guys. And Chase, I got Chase Claypool coming to me a couple rounds later, so exactly. we're good. That's right. So basically, what you're working with so far through four rounds of this fake ADP is Zeke Waller, essentially Najee Harris, and and or and or Ceh right because they're both at, at this right. point would have would have fallen. Uh, Chris Godwin, and you're gonna weigh on Claypool. So yep. After that. The next fifth round is fifth easy, round. man. It's, fifth it's, round is easy. Fifth tight. round is called the Tyler Lockett round. The Tyler Lockett round. Tell me why. Uh, I mean, we, he's here's the thing on. Let me pull up my actual notes here on Tyler Lockett because we that's, don't use notes here. Clearly, this is a very mediocre, <laughs> slightly below average podcast, Mike. We don't use notes. Well, that's why I'm talking about pulling them up. Because if it were a professional podcast, I would have I would have had them pulled up already. Uh, but yes, I I won't write off the consistency issues of last year because those were real. Those absolutely happened to Tyler Lockett, but they also happened to Russell Wilson, and they also happened to DK Metcalf. And everybody is drafting ADP-wise. DK Metcalf is an early second-round pick. We're all forgiving what DK, the second-round fall-off of DK Metcalf, and people are looking at Tyler Lockett going, no. No, sir, you have been banished to the fifth round, and I will draft him there every time. The last, over the last three years, his reception total and target total has risen every single year. Tyler Lockett caught 100 passes last year. <laughs> like, that is absurd. A fifth round wide receiver with the home run ability of Tyler Lockett, who caught 100 passes last year. He's had double digit touchdowns in the last two of the, uh, three years, and the year he didn't, it was eight touchdowns. He saw just as many uh, end zone targets as his teammate DK Metcalf. And then when when things hit the fan for Seattle, and it hit for all of them, he was still seeing 23% of the targets. From week eight on, that's when the consistency really changed. He saw 23% of the targets. DK Metcalf saw 26% of the targets. So Tyler Lockett was still heavily involved, and he was a focal point of the game plan. You I don't know if a defense has figured them out. I don't know if Russ ate some bad salmon, Denzel Mims style. I don't yep. mm-hmm. I, I don't know what happened to Seattle, but they made changes. You know, they, they have a brand new OC. So me reading the tea leaves of the moves of the team, Pete Carroll was saying, uh, Schottenheimer, your offense is, was old busted, and he's blaming him for the second half woes of the team. So hopefully, like, what if Tyler Lockett is consistent the whole year? Right, I mean, then he's a, he's a top five wide receiver more than likely. Absolutely, at least top ten, right? And you're yes. I'm, you're not going to find any arguments for me when it comes to Tyler Lockett. He went to Good. Kansas State. He was there. I was there my freshman year, the year that they uh, well technically tied for the Big Twelve championship. So that was the year they went and got absolutely blown out by Oregon. I was there for that game too. So, so that wasn't fun. But moral of the story is you're not going to get any pushback on Tyler Lockett for me. I, I'm a homer for sure. So he also, by the way, according to fantasydata.com, he is going at number 55 overall. So Ooh, 55. Exactly. Sounds familiar. Where have you heard that before? <laughs> so now with this fake ADP, we're going five, six. Seven, now, do I have to take Claypool here or with my next pick? Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Take He's pr- I probably here. have to take him here. Yeah, because you're at 68. 
Yeah. All right, I'm taking Claypool. So you're taking Claypool. And then hitting the randomizer button, okay, counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, amateur hour. Marquise Brown. No. What are you going to do instead? Uh, <laughs> not draft Marquise Brown. <laughs> uh, you know, you, this is quite the sandwich you get here because you have Marquise Brown, Miles Gaskin, and then Brandon Cooks. Oh, no. No, man, no. No what? You're taking any of those guys? You're taking Brandon Cooks? Tell me about why you're not taking Brandon Cooks. Maybe we'll make. Maybe that's that's what I want the breakdown to be. What's wrong with Brandon because, Cooks in the seventh at this point? Because Brandon Cooks' quarterback is going to be Tyrod Taylor. And Tyrod Taylor does not support fantasy wide receivers. Do we know if he's got his lung back yet, Tyrod Taylor? I, that, I, I that would probably be a so. question for me, but... Yeah, it, yeah. What do you, you don't come to me for medical <laughs> advice? Not a doctor. Uh, I, I'm I'm presuming that he is good, and I look. I'm presuming that Taylor is starting just based off of everything that uh, the Texans are doing. They, what is this team doing, man? They someone needs to get things under control for the Houston Texans. I don't blame you at all for not having Deshaun Watson out there. You know being your franchise quarterback right now with the 22 allegations outstanding a bunch of like it's bad like the, the whirlwind whirlwind around Watson right now is terrible you tell him to go home you say we are going to waive it and uh, may I guess the 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 contract the the agreement is saying that he has to be there to not get fined but there has to be a way f- for the league to figure this out and say we're going to send Watson home and we're not going to find him while this all this stuff gets figured out because they're, they're not going to play him. I don't know why the NFL won't just put him on the commissioner's exempt list and help everybody out of this horrible, disgusting mess that's going on there. Did you see the news of the Texans tried to say that training camp was done? Did yeah. you see this blur? Yeah, they tried to tell the NFL that, right? Isn't they tried that, to tell the NFL that we're no, we're officially done with training camp mode. We're on to in season mode, which means that the media can no longer be here. Yeah, because it's a circus. Because that it was is a circus. That was their solution: is we're going to try and say that training camp isn't actually going on instead of figuring out how to realistically deal with this problem that that Watson has placed us in. The I don't know. Yeah, that's a bit of a tangent. That's not really football. Okay. No, it is. I mean, it's it's relevant. It's relevant to the situation because what you're trying to say is what the hell is going to happen with that offense? Yes. So it, I'm. It's Tyrod Taylor is going to be the starting quarterback to me, and uh, Tyrod's a fine player, but he doesn't sustain high level fantasy players, and that sucks for Brandon Cooks because he Brandon Cooks is even though he's a journeyman, he succeeds everywhere he goes, and so. That maybe that's sort of that's why people are betting on Brandon Cooks is because he has succeeded everywhere he's gone. But he played with two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. He played with uh, one of the best offensive coaches in football, and then he played with Watson last year. I mean, he has been set up for success, and now with the current version of the Texans, that is not being set up for success. So I'm out on Brandon Cooks. I'll probably look. I mean, if like if Jalen Hurts is here, mm-hmm. I would take him because mm-hmm. I'm just I'm not really loving these positional players. Maybe it, what is Jerry Judy available? I would take him if I'm taking a positional player. Jerry Judy would be available to you at that pick. Sure, I'll take I'll take Judy there. I'll I'll bet on what that. What do you breakout. think of Jerry Judy? I do want to ask you. Let's say you do take Jerry Judy, right? So what I feel like I've seen great, you know, sort of analysis yes. on on Jerry Judy, people loving him, and then just Luke just 
utter lukewarmness. What do you think of that? I am more of the lukewarm, uh, but part of being a to me, being part of being a good fantasy analyst is leaving that margin for error for you to be incorrect. I'm not leaving it on Brandon Cooks and Tyrod. I've, I've look, I'm not taking that <laughs> margin. Good, yeah. I'd say that's, will, that's a pretty good, pretty good take. But Jerry Judy is, I uh, if Jerry Judy had a great quarterback, this would there would be zero questions. Every every question about Jerry Judy is the quarterback, and right now it looks like Drew Locke is going to be the guy again. We have another year in the league, so maybe he has matured a little bit. Perhaps the addition of Teddy Bridgewater was a slap in the face. You know, the, the cold water of wake up, man, you're in the NFL. You're going to lose your job if you don't take this more seriously. So like, there's a lot of narrative, human-level things that could be happening for Drew Locke for him to improve. And my my bet with Jerry Judy has nothing to do with him. I think he is a, is a great player. So as long as he gets – somewhat improved quarterback play from Drew Locke, I think that Judy can be great. And that has nothing to do with Cortland Sutton being there or not. Like, I think they can both coexist. Perfect. And so I do want to say, right, so far you have Zeke. This is from the the A-hole. You took Zeke, Waller, uh, Harris, Godwin, Lockett, Claypool. You just took Jerry Judy. Um, are you looking at a quarterback yet or are you not? Of course, the big, you know, the big five or six that you consider quarterbacks are off the board at this point. Uh, Jalen Hurts available. Jalen Hurts would no longer be available at that point uh, at this fake ADP. All right, who do I got? You have even Deshaun Watson's off the board. This was in March, though. This was in March. Yeah. Um, Matthew Stafford, according no. to this fake ADP, would be somebody. So that's essentially where you would start with with the uh, with. At this point, I think you're just going to fade, right? You're just going to wait. Uh, yeah, I would wait, and I'll throw out. The quarterback right now I would be targeting would be Ryan Tannehill. Um, like, whoa, 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 Mike! Right, you yes. just told me you're not sure about Ryan Tannehill's efficiency. Tell me why you're taking and this is just devil's advocate. Tell me why you're taking Ryan Tannehill. No, if no, you're I'm, gonna take I'm, him. I was saying I'm worried about can Ryan Tannehill's efficiency sustain both ah, AJ Brown and Julio Jones. I'm not worried about Ryan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. I think he is he's a good player and the I mean, play action just Play action works, period. The NFL needs to do play action more. But I suspect that when you run play action with Derrick Henry, it works just a little bit better. <laughs> like so. A fraction, a fraction so. of a second for these yep. linebackers to go, oh, crap. Again, not again. And figure it out. <laughs> but so, no, I'm not worried about the – I think Ryan Tannehill can keep that up. And you would naturally expect, if you're going to trade for Julio Jones, your passing volume will go up. It, it won't – it won't go down. That's for sure. It, I don't know if it gets to the levels of like what Matt Ryan threw, but it, Ryan Tannehill's passing attempts will still go up. Very mobile. We've seen, you know, repeated success of, of rushing touchdowns for Ryan Tannehill. So right here, that's who I would be looking at him. He Ryan Tannehill on, on the footballers, Ryan Tannehill and Tom Brady are by far our favorite later round quarterbacks to target, at least in redraft. Absolutely. So, last pick for this for this fake ADP, then we'll get you out of here, okay, Mike? So far, right. you've taken Zeke, you've taken Waller, Harris, Godwin, Lockett, Claypool, Judy. Oh, man, your testosterone's going down as we speak. Oh, no. So, no, could be a good thing or a bad thing. At this point, this fake ADP from March would tell you, Logan Thomas, it's time for, it's Logan Thomas time. 
However, you do have nope. Gallup, Fournette, Devonta Smith, Kenyon Drake, Matthew Stafford, Kyle Pitts, Robert Tanyan, Michael Pittman available to you on the board. Dallas Goddard's off the board. Noah Fant's off the board. I don't know why you take them. Lavishka Chenault's off the board. Tell me where you're going with this last and final eighth pick on the podcast, anyway. So, I mean, of the names listed, like I'm out. I'm I am unfortunately out on Logan Thomas. Not that I want to take a second tight end when I spent up for Darren Waller in the first, but just giving the take of I've I've seen a lot of sharp people out there. They're still in on Logan Thomas, and I don't. I don't get it. I know that they they gave him the bag of money. They want him to solidify that position for them, but he was he he felt like a product of necessity last year. I mean, he was not efficient at all. He he just saw a whole bunch of targets because he had Dwayne Haskins and Alex Smith, you know, as the quarterbacks. It's the same thing with J.D. McKissick. You should not expect that those target totals for J.D. McKissick this year with the quarterbacks that they have with the with the the with Terry McLaurin taking another year in the in the system and more importantly Curtis Samuel and I, he just came out for the pup so are you worried about Curtis Samuel Mr. Medical Man you know I'm not got the, I don't like groin injuries I don't want sure. I don't think most men or women for that matter enjoy groin injuries I was speaking specifically <laughs> to fantasy football ah related to fantasy football of course that's my job right so no I think that the groin is becoming it's an evolving issue um you would have liked to see him and I think the last time the last report that I saw was that he still quite wasn't off the pup has he no he cut? he just came off the he pup just today just came off oh just today okay yeah see that's I don't, I, I'm going to say, based on the limited amount of research I put into it, because I initially wasn't that concerned, the fact that they did bring him along so slowly and he's just now coming off the pup, I think that they took their time. This is typically like we would have like we would have seen with Rashad Bateman um, if it wasn't more severe. It would have been a, around a three- to four-week recovery to really get him back, his, his sea legs under him. So as of today, I am not that concerned with Curtis Samuel. I would not be too concerned unless we hear new reports that he re-aggravated it or, you know, that he is still sort of limited or that he's, you know, running with a limp, something. But as of now, I'm not too concerned with Curtis Samuel. Okay. Well, that that's great. Cause I think Curtis Samuel is a, is a fantastic later round pick, but that was, that's why I'm out on Logan Thomas. I, I don't think he's going to see a target share anywhere near what he saw last year. Yeah, and yeah, so 100%. I think that he's a, I think he's a bust pick at his current ADP. But so with this fake ADP, the names that I have available to me, I don't know which running backs would be, on the board or if I'm looking at them or not. I mean, I'll starting with starting I'll with Zeke you. and Clyde, I, mm-hmm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty solid. I don't yeah. have to. AJ Dillon's off here. the board. Ronald Jones off the board. Mostert's off the board. Miles Gaskin's off the board. David Johnson's off the board. Leonard Fournette's off the board. Kenyon Drake's off the board. Melvin Let's Gordon's get to on the board. I don't Stop see. Stop telling me, guys, I can't take. I don't see. Oh, All right, well, we, we, we won't worry about that. You pick, uh, because pick a person to your heart's delight that you think is going to be there at that ADP. Uh, this has already been amateur hour, so it doesn't really Well, look, I'm, I'm just going to stick with the fake ADP list. And, yeah. and of okay. the names there, it would be – I would go with Devontae Smith. I know that he's – Yeah. He's he's back on the field. Let's mm-hmm. – hopefully he's fully recovered. But mm-hmm. judging from that first preseason Eagles game, the Eagles desperately need Devontae Smith on the field, and they need him to be – a Heisman winning level of wide receiver. So I'm going to bet on Devontae. And, and I thought Jalen Hurts looked pretty good. 
you know, I, he just missed on that uh, on the the deep bomb out of his own end zone. I thought he looked pretty sharp, it, despite you know the reports on him from camp have been very up and down. But I think that Hurts is going to be okay this year, and Devonte Smith is a big reason for that. It's not Jalen Rager, it's not Zach Ertz, it's Devonte Smith who's going to see an incredible amount of targets, and it, and he's still his ADP has gone up. People have started to catch on that the team really, really needs him. But, yeah, I think he's still appropriately going in drafts where he will provide a value. Absolutely. So, after eight picks, Mike Wright, the fantasy hitman. With the, the most reliable, up-to-date ADP <laughs> possible. With the, with the amateur hour ADP has gone Zeke, Waller, Harris, Godwin, Lockett, Claypool, Judy, Devontae Smith, what I find interesting, and, I, and this will be the last point that I want to bring up before I let you go, you you still, and I know this was fake ADP, I get it, you still have not taken a quarterback after eight picks. Now, uh, there's been a lot of talk, you know, J.J. Zachary and Rich Rebar are talking about the advantage to a mobile quarterback. Mm-hmm. Is there a specific, is it just the way this fake ADP flowed? Is it your general philosophy? What's your philosophy on trying to get one of those top mobile quarterbacks? I, I'm, you know, very much on their side of I try to go with the, the late round quarterback in the in redraft leagues like if Kyler is there in the fifth I will strongly consider it because sometimes he's there sometimes he goes way earlier but just look, fantasy it, this is a note for if you're consuming fantasy content right here if you've been listening to uh to my man's podcast that means you're a pretty hardcore fantasy football player just remember that in once you get into the end of August, you get a lot of non-hardcore <laughs> fantasy football players. So the ADP that has been your your bible, it gets blown up a little bit once the once the casual fans return. But anyways, to my Kyler in the fifth, I'd I'm I'm in on that because he's my number one quarterback of in projections. Ooh. After that, then I'm waiting for Ryan Tannehill and Tom Brady, like I said, and then if I really really punt, uh. I like Ryan Fitzpatrick as my one of my last picks in Washington. And then almost every team – I know you can't necessarily do this on underdog, uh, but I'm coming from redraft world. In in basically every league I'm in right now, if I've been doing drafts, I am trying to take Trey Lance with Ooh, like yes. my second-to-last yes. pick because if, if we knew that today they came out, Shanahan stopped lying about it and just – committed that Trey Lance is going to be our guy week one Trey Lance jumps into my top 10 easily 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 that that cannon and the and a guy who already has a thousand yard rushing season under his belt at the college level I get it he's just proving that this is a huge part of his game and what we have heard from San Francisco is they're working out packages with air quotes that get that gets Lance on the field to showcase his running ability. This is part of the plan. You don't you don't trade up for Trey Lance to not have him run all over the field. Like right. that's that's 100%. part of the deal. So it, all over the place, I am taking him, I am stashing him because I I believe that far sooner than later Trey Lance will be the starting quarterback and you're going to have if he's on the waiver wire it's going to be people dumping burning the number one priority. People are going to be dumping 50 plus percent of their fab to pick him up. So just stay the course. Draft him very, very late. Hold on to it. It's gonna. It might be a nuisance for those first few weeks when you're like, ah, I need to get the hot waiver guy, 
and I got Trey Lance here just to stay the course. Those he first will be the weeks. hot waiver guy if you want. I if he yeah, I believe he will. Mm-hmm. Yes, hundred percent. No man, I can get on. I can get on board with that a lot. All right, Mike Wright, thank you so much for placating the the Amateur Hour podcast here with our fake ADP from March. Okay. I still I've had I've had worse, but I've had far better. <laughs> That's exactly what my wife said. So oh, moving hello. forward. <laughs> Thanks again, man. I really appreciate it. Um, you got it. Zeke, Waller, Harris, Godwin, Lockett, Claypool, Judy, Smith, with an eye for Trey Lance at the back end is okay. what Mike Wright went with. For a March team. That's a hell of a team. team. That is a hell of a team for March. Uh, Mike, thank you again so much. I appreciate appreciate you coming on the Amateur Hour. Um, You got it, buddy. Is there anything else you'd like to say, fantasy football related, anything you want to push other than, the, the, of course, the the draft kit, the ultimate draft kit at fantasyfootballers.com? Anything else that you want to say to the the masses, to my 10 fans? Uh, no, just follow me on Twitter and Instagram at FF Hitman. And look, it's been my pleasure talking to the poor man's Matthew Betts. <laughs> I'll take that. I love that. I don't even have a retort for that. I love it. We're going to end on that one. Mike, thank you so much. That was, man, what a zinger. All right. Thank you so much, Mike. We will talk soon.